I'd like to invite you, my friends, to turn in your Bible to Nehemiah chapter 8. Nehemiah chapter 8 for today's message. Our theme today here at Rosewood Church is get ready for your personal spiritual revival. Get ready for your personal spiritual revival. As we indicated earlier, and as you have seen in our bulletins for many weeks now, on Sunday, September 27th at our 11 a.m. and 6.30 p.m. church services, we are starting our revival services with Reverend Steve Otley as our speaker. And some of you will remember that Brother Steve was a, was a youth minister back in the 1990s for about nine years. And then he became the pastor of our new church in where? Whitby, right? And currently serves as our assistant district superintendent. We love him. And uh, we continue and need to continue to pray for his health needs. Amen? Well... We'll start our revival services on the 27th, and then we will continue with the services following on the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday at 7 p.m. And radio listeners, we want to invite you, of course, to join us for these revival services. Someone can ask, what is revival? What is revival? Well, it is spiritual renewal. It is, it is developing, it is developing a, a closer and deeper relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? And it can involve, it can involve stop doing things that we shouldn't be doing and that are displeasing to the Lord, and it can involve us, you and me, to start doing those things what, that we know please the Lord. And so I invite us, I invite us to do as King David said in Psalm 51, verse 10. He said, create in me a clean heart, O God. That is a part of revival. To say and to pray, create in me a clean heart, O God. Well, over 400 years before Christ was even born, God directed a priest named Ezra to go to Jerusalem and Israel, Israel as a whole, to, to help bring about revival in Israel at their point in time in history. And a part of what happened during Ezra's, Ezra's burden and time of bringing about revival, a part of what happened is recorded for us in Nehemiah chapter 8. And more specifically, what, what we are about to focus on most likely happened around 444 B.C., for those of you who are interested in uh, time frames. So, here are some of the truths that we learn as to how you and I can get ready for a personal spiritual revival. All right? Here we are. The first truth that we discover from Nehemiah is this. Revival requires a hunger, a hunger for the Word of God. We see this in the first three verses. Look at it with me. I'm reading from the uh, New Living Translation, NLT, as we sometimes say. And here's what it says in Nehemiah 8. In October, when the Israelites 
had settled in their towns, all the people assembled with a unified purpose at the square just inside the water gate. They asked Ezra the scribe to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had given for Israel to obey. So on October 8, Ezra the priest brought the book of the law before the assembly, before the people, which included the men and women and all the children old enough to understand. He faced the square just inside the water gate to everyone uh, I'm sorry, he, uh, he faced the square just inside the water gate from early morning until noon and read aloud to everyone who could understand. All the people listened closely to the book of the law. Now, I, I want you to notice with, with me that the people told Ezra the priest and scribe to bring out the law of Moses. And most likely, most likely, they were primarily referring to Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. They said, Ezra, bring out the word of God, read it to us, preach it to us, teach it to us. That's what they were doing. And, and they took time, they took time to listen to God's word. The New Living Translation in uh, verse 3 says says, all the people listen closely to the book of the law. If you have a New International Version translation, verse 3 says, he read it aloud from daybreak till noon. <laughs> Think about that. From daybreak till noon. Now, daybreak would have been around 6 a.m. in the morning. So what that means is that he read from God's word, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, for about six hours, and they listened. And some of you are thinking, I don't know how they did it. Isn't that right? Now, why, why would they listen? Why would they listen? Think about it. Why would they listen for six hours? I'm sure they, they could have, they would have had need to go do laundry, and do all kinds of other stuff. But I believe they listened for six hours because they were spiritually hungry and they knew that hunger could only be met through the word of the Lord. Amen? Those of you who appreciate history might uh, appreciate this. Abraham Lincoln once said, once said, this He said, I believe the Bible is the best gift that God has ever given to man. All the good from the Savior of the world is communicated to us through this book, the Bible. I have been driven, he says, I've been driven many times to my knees by the overwhelming conviction that, <laughs> that I had nowhere else to go but to the Bible. That's what Abraham Lincoln said. And that, my friends, is how Nehemiah and his people were feeling as well. That is how they were feeling about 444 years before Christ. Now think further about how Nehemiah's people, for the most part, stood. The Bible says they stood for about six hours listening to the reading and the preaching, the exposition from 
Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Some of you are thinking, oh, six hours standing, listening to any preacher, no matter how good he or she might be. Wow, they must have been super people somehow. That's what you're thinking, right? Well, David Walls, David Walls in uh, the book Ordinary Heroes says this. David says, I can just see us if that happened in one of our church services. We'd get through Genesis okay. There's the flood and all that disaster. Then there's the story of Abraham and the sacrifice of Isaac with the last minute, minute heroic rescue. There's the political intrigue surrounding Joseph. <clears throat> yes, we'd get through Genesis, even the first part of Exodus, although producing a few yawns, could be handled. We get through the plagues and all that stuff, he says. But Leviticus and Numbers, lists of names and fruits, animals and feasts, Oh, most would say, forget it. We'd be dropping like flies, says uh, David Walls. He says, we'd be dropping like flies. Some of us would have to set the alarms on our watches for 60-second intervals just to jolt us back to consciousness. Not these folks, he says. They were serious. They were serious about spiritual renewal. They were serious about revival. They wanted a refresher course, or a refresher in God's commands and laws. My friends, throughout history, throughout history, the times when spiritual revival was most real were times when people took time to listen to the reading, the preaching, the exposition, the teaching of God's holy word. Amen? Amen? Sometimes, sometimes people have wondered why there was a, a great spiritual awakening, a spiritual renewal, a revival in the 1500s in Europe. And the answer, the answer is there were groups of people that became serious. They, they became serious about looking into the Word of God and saying, Lord, what do you want me to know, to feel, to experience, to act upon from this passage of Scripture? And you know what is also beautiful when we read uh, the account here in Nehemiah 8 is that the, the people were attentive they were attentive. The latter part of verse 3 says in the New Living Translation, all the people listened closely. They listened closely. Or the New International Version says, and all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. They were attentive to the Holy Bible, to the preaching, to the reading, to the teaching. My friends, what this boils down to is this. In order for you and me, in order for each one of us to experience, to experience a, 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 greater, a greater deepening in our relationship with the Lord, a, a renewal and a, and a fire and revival, I want to invite all of us, all of us, to be men and women who will hunger, hunger and thirst after the Word of God, who will hunger and thirst after the Word of God as you read it on your own, <clears throat> at your home, or during, the, during coffee break or lunch break at work 
or at school. Be, be willing to hunger and thirst after the word of God. When we get together in church services like this, in Sunday school classes, Sunday school classes, and, and this fall is a great time. If you haven't been accustomed to coming to Sunday school at 9.30, I want to encourage you, I want to encourage you to, to become a part of one of the Bible classes, Sunday mornings at 9.30. Pastor Lucas and his wife were in the youth class this morning. And I want to encourage other young people, young people, get up a little bit earlier. Get up, get up, and get on your feet, get on the street, and get to church for Sunday school. Amen? Amen. Be a, be a part of a small group. We've got the small groups starting up. Be a part of the small groups where the, the, the groups study the Word of God and pray together and encourage one another so, revival requires a hunger for the Word of God. Obviously, we hunger for a lot of things, but above all, let us hunger for the Lord's Holy Word. Amen? Somebody say, preach it, brother. All right. Thank you, Mrs. Altar. All right. There's a second truth that can help us to get ready for personal spiritual revival, and it is this. It is this, revival requires approaching the Lord and his word with reverence. This truth came to my mind out of uh, verses five and six, and look for, for instance even, just, just verse five, it says, Ezra stood on the platform in full view of all the people. When they saw him open the book, they all rose, they all rose to their feet. They all rose to their feet. Now, I believe there's nothing, there's nothing specifically holy about standing or sitting or whatever position. But at that time for them, for them it was a sign of showing reverence, all right? To them and to some cultures around the world it is a sign of showing reverence for the word of God. And the, the truth is, the reality is, mo most of us in this culture, if you had to stand I'm talking about most of us, including me. If we had to stand for too long a period, most folks would have a hard time, right? Even, even young people, even teens. Now, it says in verse 6, they lifted their hands. Verse, verse 6 goes on and says, Then Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people chanted, Amen, Amen, as they lifted their hands. Then they bowed down and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. All right. When a Hebrew stood like that, as it says, they lifted their hands, it was a way, it was a way of saying, Lord, I am empty-handed. Lord, I am empty-handed. I, I have nothing. All that I have comes from you. And Lord, I am open. I'm open to what you want to say to me, what you want me to know, to feel, to, to act upon. And so a part of revival involves you and me, whether we, we put out our hands or not. Part of revival is for us to say, Lord, I am open. I'm open to your spirit. I'm open, Lord, to your Holy Spirit to direct me as as as. As our, as our wonderful testimony was given this morning, we heard, we heard how Brother Lucas and how he and his wife were open to the direction of God's Spirit. Amen? 
It also says in verse 6, the people said, amen, amen. The people were saying something like, Ezra, whatever, whatever you read to us, it will be true. If you read words of comfort, we know they are true. If you read words of conviction and judgment, we know they are true. Whatever is real, it is true. We are willing to hear it. That's what they were saying. They're saying, we are willing to hear it. My friends, I want to encourage us in these weeks ahead to, to approach the Lord and his word in a spirit of reverence, in a spirit of openness to God's spirit and his word, and in a spirit of holy reverence. Now, now stick with me. That doesn't mean, that doesn't mean you and I have to always be serious, okay? Doesn't mean we always have to be serious. Sometimes we can have fun, we can have fun and we can laugh in church. Let's see if this story does anything for you. One day this minister, this minister uh, went, uh, went fishing. He went fishing on his day off and apparently he had told a lot of the people in his church he was gonna go fishing on his day off. So he went fishing. How many of you uh, like to fish? How many of you? Not that many of you. All right. No wonder I never get any fish gifts. <laughs> so um, anyway, well, he went fishing. He went fishing, and after a full day of fishing, he went home in the late afternoon feeling really down and out. He was, he was, very, he was very upset about the fact very upset about the fact that he hadn't caught a single fish. And he thought, oh, this is not going to look good when people ask me how my fishing went. Anyway, so, uh, so he got back to the city and he went to the local fish market. He went to the fish market, went to the counter, and uh, now Brother Lucas would never do this and I would never do this. Pastor Lisa would never do this. But anyway, he went to the fish market and he went to the fish counter and he said to the clerk, he said, uh, he said, I, I want four big fish. I want four big fish. And he said, I want, I want you to throw each one at me and, and, I and I'm going to catch it. I'm going to catch it. Please throw it at me toss it over, and I'm going to catch it. And actually, he, he moved further back so that there was some distance. Well, naturally, the uh, person who worked the counter said, uh, excuse me, sir, like, um, what, what's wrong with me just wrapping the fish as normal and uh, handing you the fish, you know, with the, with the price on it? Like, what's wrong with that? He said, no, 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 it's not, not acceptable. No, no, you've you got to throw it to me. Please just do as I say. Please throw it at me. Toss it. And, and I'm going to catch it. The, the person who worked there was even more baffled and, and, and said, you know, I, I'm sorry. Like, I, I don't understand why. Like, why do you want me to throw it at you so you can catch it? Finally, he said, well, he said, you know, 
Well, when, when some people ask me, when some people ask me if I caught some fish today, I can honestly say, yes, I caught four big ones. <laughs> Brother Lucas, you have to understand, our congregation doesn't always get my jokes. <laughs> Pastor Lisa usually does, but anyway. Well, let's see if this next story blesses you anymore. The, uh, the postman, the postman had just delivered Reverend Smith's mail. And as the minister opened envelopes and pulled out letters, he was surprised, he was surprised to unfold a sheet of paper that had just one word on it. The sheet of paper had one word, and it said, fool, F-O-O-L. That's all the paper said. Fool. The next Sunday, the minister, the minister said in church, he said, you know, I have known many people, I've known many people who have written letters and forgot to sign their names. But this week, this week I received a letter from someone who signed his name but forgot to write a letter. Uh, help Pastor Lisa to gather that one, please. <laughs> anyway, there are times that we can laugh and have fun, especially with Pastor Lisa's jokes. But ultimately, ultimately, we need to approach the Lord reverently. And we need to approach his holy word reverently, eager to learn. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Let's move on to a third beautiful truth that can help us in our spiritual revival journey. And it is this. Revival comes through sincere praise and worship of our Lord. This came to my mind, obviously, from verse 6, where it says, Then Ezra praised the Lord. Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people chanted amen, amen, as they lifted their hands. Then they bowed down and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. They bowed down and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. My friends, I believe, I believe the more you and I, when you come to a gathering like this, when you come to church or any church service, you come with a sincere desire to praise and worship the Lord, something happens. Your spirit is somehow more opened up to the Spirit of God. That's what I've discovered again and again. Your spirit, when, when, when we sincerely praise and worship him. Now, that, you know, listen, we're all different. We don't have to praise and worship in the same way. Some of you can praise and worship the Lord very quietly. Some of us will praise the Lord more loudly, more loudly, such that sometimes when I'm sitting beside someone in the congregation, sometimes someone will elbow me and, and kind, of say, kind of give me the idea that I'm singing too loud or something, you know. 
I, of course, I realize I'm not singing too loud, and God doesn't think I'm singing too loud, but sometimes people might sing, think I'm singing too loud. Don't say amen. All right? But revival comes through sincere praise and worship. And so, beloved, as we gather Sunday by Sunday, here at Rosewood Church of the Nazarene, or wherever you worship, and remember when you're on holiday, and speaking of that, I want to welcome back, I want to welcome back many of you who have been on vacation, some for a few weeks, some for, for many weeks, for several months. Good to see you back. We're delighted, we're delighted. And it's quite a few of you, actually, and there's still some other folks away. But uh, welcome, welcome back. But wherever we are, whether it's right here in Toronto or you're traveling somewhere, remember to sincerely praise and worship the Lord. Find on Sundays, on the weekends, find a local church. Find a local church. My, my wife and I were delighted to worship at a couple of different churches when we were on vacation this past summer. And, and it was wonderful to meet with God's people, people that perhaps we had never met before, but it was wonderful to worship the Lord in a different setting with, with God's people. So Listen, please, in these weeks ahead, and as, as we start our revival services with Pastor Steve Otley on September the 27th, 11 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., and then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday at 7 p.m., please come, come with a heart. Come with a heart and a spirit that truly wants to worship Jesus, Lord of Lords, King of Kings. Amen. Amen. Let it be so, Lord. And as a part of sincere praise and worship, remember prayer. Prayer is a part of sincere praise and worship. In 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, we have that beautiful verse that says, If my people, my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. Forgive their sins and restore their land. <clears throat> this coming Saturday, this coming Saturday we set apart months ago as a day of prayer, as a day of of looking to the Lord from 8 a.m. till 8 p.m. And we've been telling you about it. We've been letting you give us your prayer requests so we can pray for those requests. And I want to encourage you, my friends. I want to encourage you to join us for part of the day or the whole day. Come, come and let us pray together. Those of you who have been in these prayer sessions before, a bunch of you could come up here and say, oh, praise God, we've had such tremendous prayer times together. Amen? And this is another great opportunity. Come and let us praise the Lord. Let us pray together. Let us, let us say, oh, Lord, we open up our minds and hearts to the work of your Holy Spirit. Let it be so. Let it be so. Let me take you to a, a fourth truth, and it is this. Revival comes through the preaching and teaching of the Word of God. We see this in verses 7 and 8. This is where it came to my mind from, verse 7 and 8. It says, The Levites, Jeshua, Bani, Sherebiah, Jamin, Akub, Shabbatai, Hodiah, Messiah, Kelita, Azariah, Josabad, Hanan, and Peliah. That, that's to impress our new youth minister. 
<laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Then, then instructed the people in the law while everyone remained in their places. They read from the book of the law of God and clearly explained the meaning of what was being read, helping the people understand each passage. And so, basically, it tells us, it tells us that the, the word was preached, read, taught, explained, and the people were enriched. And so I want to invite you, I want to invite you to plan, to plan on joining us for those revival services and say, Lord, I'm going, I'm going to listen to the messages of Pastor Steve Otley and your spirit, and I'm going to let your word impact my life. Amen? Which takes us to the fifth truth, and it is this. Revival comes. Revival happens when we allow the word of God to transform us, to transform us. I, I want you to notice how this happened in verse nine, okay? As the people listened to the preaching and the teaching of the word of God, verse nine says, then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who were interpreting for the people said to them, don't mourn or weep on such a day as this. It was supposed to be a, a celebration day uh, at that point. For today, today is a sacred day before the Lord your God. For the people had all been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. There it is. It says, the people were weeping. They were weeping. You see, the reading, the interpretation, and the application of the word struck a responsive chord in their hearts. They wept, I believe, they wept because they could see how far short they had fallen when they compared their own conduct to the standards of God's word, what they were hearing from, from the preaching and the teaching. As one writer says, the preaching of the word was not an antiseptic cerebral exercise, it was surgery on the heart. It was surgery on the heart, openly and without shame. They wept over their sin. Think of it, thousands of people crying before their God. That is the stuff of revival. And so I say to you, my friends, please, as, as you read, whether it's personally, privately, or in a small group, in Sunday school, or in church services like this, or in our revival services, please, don't, don't just say, oh, well, that's interesting, but rather let the word of God seep into your soul and transform you from within. Amen? Let it be so, Lord. Let it be so. And then this sixth truth is also very important, and it is this. Revival happens as and when we are generous. When we are generous. This verse 10 brought this truth to my mind because verse 10 says, And Nehemiah continued, Go and celebrate with a feast of rich foods and drink and sweet drinks. Here it is, here it is. And share, share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. And share gifts of food with people who have nothing. That was a reminder to the people to be generous with those who didn't have anything or didn't have as much as they had. To be generous 
And my friends, I believe and I've experienced and I've seen across the years that revival, revival is enhanced and happens as we are generous. Like I said, thank you for being generous towards giving towards our missionaries last, last Sunday. We need to be generous in helping refugees from war-torn Syria. Now, this Tuesday at the board meeting, I'm going to be talking big time with our board members about, about how we can and how we should and how we must try to help refugees from war-torn Syria. I'm sure you've been listening to the news and have heard that, that our provincial government and national government um, in Ottawa have been, have been discussing, trying to figure out how, how average people like you and me and institutions and churches can possibly help, all right? Hopefully in the days ahead, hopefully our government officials will, uh, will declare how we can help and, and try to get through all of the red tape and all that stuff. But the bottom line is we, we need to help. We need to help. In, in war-torn areas with dear refugees who, who, who have been going through such terrible times. Amen? And then, my friends, in October, in October, speaking of uh, being generous, in October, we here at Rosewood Church need to make, we need to make our annual one-year mortgage fund pledges to pay our monthly mortgage uh, amounts for the building and the property that we have. Our goal, our goal has been and will be $21,000 per month. That's what our goal is gonna be in, in the month of October for the forthcoming year, to, to raise $21,000 a month. Listen to this. The pastor, the pastor of a church stood in front of his congregation and he said this. He said, I have bad news, then I have good news, and then I have bad news. People thought, what's going on? Then the minister said, he said, the bad news is our church still has a big mortgage to pay and we need to have another one-year pledge. We need to have another one-year pledge for our mortgage fund. And so the people groaned. The people groaned. Now, you, you don't groan, but go ahead and groan like some of these other people might have. Groan. You go like, uh, oh, come on. You go, oh. Oh, I'm glad you don't, you're not experiencing groaning. That's good. That, that, that's good, okay? Then, then the minister said, the minister said, that was the bad news. The good news the good news is we have enough money to pay our monthly mortgages. We have enough money to pay our monthly mortgages. And then a, a cheer went up from the congregation. So give me a cheer, a cheer. Yay, that, that's a cheer. Yay, whoa, 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 whoa. <clears throat> Yay, give me a cheer. Come on now, come on. Yay, yay, yay. All right, all right, all right, all right, okay. All right, okay. Good, good, all right. Then the minister went to, to the third truth. He said, then the minister said, well, I told you the bad news, then the good news. Now here's the bad news again. The minister said, the bad news is, the bad news is, the money is still in your pockets. 
Amen. Or their purses. My friends, on the second Sunday of October, second Sunday of October, I want to ask you to ask us to make a one-year pledge <clears throat> for our mortgage fund for the time period of October 2015 to September 2016. Amen? Revival happens, I believe, as and when we are generous in all aspects of life. So, my friends, let us get ready for your personal spiritual revival. Let us pray. Lord, <clears throat> we are grateful for what we discover from Ezra and his people over 400 years B.C. Oh, Lord, I know there's a whole lot more truth in there that we don't have time to cover today, but praise your holy name for so much truth in just a few verses. And Lord, I pray that you would help each one of us to prepare ourselves to get ready for personal spiritual revival. We pray for our Reverend Steve Otley as he is working on the messages for our revival services. We pray for our own worship team who will lead us on the Sunday morning and the Sunday evening service. We pray for Pastor Adam Hoskins and his worship team and the special musicians who will bring the music on the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Oh, Lord, we seek personal spiritual revival and corporate and church revival let it be so. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Would you stand, church family?